You're listening to season two of the Where Did You See God podcast, where we spend some time processing what God is doing during our family DTS at YWAM Kona. If you're wondering what that is, you can check out the link in the description. But suffice it to say, uh, God has called us to a season of growing closer to Him, growing closer to each other as a couple, and growing closer as a family, all so that we can serve God more fully and love our neighbors more fully when we return back home. Uh, One quick note, uh, we've been trying to process every week, and our schedules are packed. And so the episode for week five never happened. That was a week where we focused on inductive Bible study and uh, having a biblical worldview and a lot of really powerful stuff. So hopefully we can come back around and record that. But in the meantime, we're going to jump into week six, which is a lifestyle of freedom and There was more powerful stuff in this week than we could have captured in just a short episode, and so it's a longer episode, and there's just so much more that we could have and wanted to say. And so if something piques your interest, reach out to us, because God just revealed a lot of really powerful things that that we recognize isn't just for us here and now, but are ways that he's desiring to connect with all of us. You're listening to episode 34 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, we just thank you that you are God and you are good. And just for the gift of this space to just process and especially processing this past week of a lifestyle of freedom and breaking strongholds and learning what our original design is. And so we just give this time to you. Um, We want it to be whatever you need it to be for whoever is listening. Um, And so we give you our words. We give you our questions. We welcome the Holy Spirit to just guide us in that. Help us to be attentive to you. Yeah, we just pray that in all this, um, anything that needs to be said, any stories that need to be shared, that you would guide us to that, but that ultimately you would be glorified. All this we pray in his holy name. Amen. All right, so we just finished week six. Time is flying. We are about halfway through. And what was the theme this week? Uh, The theme was lifestyle of freedom. Our speaker gave us some tools to live a lifestyle of getting freedom from um, things that are kind of like blocking progress. So we would call those things strongholds. And she made it really clear that this is like a lifestyle of freedom. She says like sometimes she comes to speak at DTSs and they're like, this is the week we're going to get free of everything. Like um, (laughs) that that's not what the goal was, but instead it was to give us um, tools and practice using those tools so that we can like you know, continue to go through the Lord and say like, okay, what is, it seems like there is, there is a stronghold here and we can kind of go into a little bit more depth on that. Um, I think first we do want to say like, um, there's so much we can share on this week. Um, Mm -hmm. we do not want to just like regurgitate the teaching. We want to kind of say how it was meaningful and powerful to us, but it is really valuable stuff. And so we would highly recommend looking up uh, the Freedom Class Manual, because most of the teaching came from that. I think you can buy it for like $10. This church, citycentrals.org, uh, put out. So if you go there, you can find it. Um, you might even be able to find some resources related to it online as well. Yeah, we just want to put yeah. that out there. We'll be kind of like referencing some of the stuff. So, um, But it's 
definitely was, I think, the one of our favorite weeks for yeah. sure. But I think part of that was because just like how practical it was to us and that like the Lord really did some things this week um, connected to that teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of freedom, there are many thoughts around that, but she shared how freedom is is part of our inheritance is something that God has given to us. It is it is the message of the gospel. The gospel is the message of freedom. She talked about how freedom isn't a change in our behavior. Uh, it's not behavior modification, but it's recognizing what is really true in the midst of being bound by lies or fear or other things. And so the whole idea is that there are things that can keep us from being and living as God created us to be and live. And so we actually went through a few practical things in the midst of things that we were learning. And one of the first things was original design. So the idea behind original design is that God created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So she references Ephesians 2.10, which says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And so there are these ideas of there's intentional design, that, that we're a masterpiece of workmanship, the handiwork of God. And God created us in a very specific way. But what is crazy is that what God called us to, a lot of times, if not all the time, the enemy tries to steal that from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like a really good thing to remember, particularly with your kids or maybe even your spouse, um, <laughs> that often, you know, with those closest to us, we can see like the things that they struggle with. And so it can be helpful to be like, what is the thing that, um, you know, my, my child is really having difficulty with right now? And if you look at the opposite of what that is, it's quite possible that that could be a part of their original design of who God created them to be. And actually God, the enemy is like using um, this really good thing and like twisting it um, to keep them from being the person God created them to be. And obviously we know that the Bible is the first place that tells us like who we are. Um, It says a lot of things about our Christian birthright and that's like for everybody. Right. But then there's like also some things that God has put into us very specifically. And she even gave some like, Examples of people in the Bible um, that have some very specific original designs. Um, And then another like really good way to kind of figure out your original design is like go to the church or your, you know, group of people that you're that are your spiritual family and ask them to ask the Lord on your behalf. And that's what we did. Yeah. So there's two really practical things that we want to invite you to do if you Mm -hmm. would like to learn more about your original design. The first is individually. We just spent some time uh, just talking to God. And basically, she said to say this simple phrase, Lord, give me a scripture and one word about my original design. So we sat and we did that. And then the second thing that we did was we paired up, uh, two couples got together, and we just asked God, hey, what are two ways that you have made, and we named the person. Uh, And then we just waited to see uh, what God might put on our minds. So if you're wondering how you do that, uh, go back to the episode about week one, where we talk about engaging uh, with God, hearing the voice of God, engaging with the Holy Spirit. If it seems like really weird to you that we're Mm -hmm. saying like, ask God this, and you're just like, what? Like, how would he (laughs) even answer that? Does he like speak audibly? Like if hearing the voice of God is something um, just like really new to you, you know, certainly go back um, to that first episode. Although I don't know how much practical 
tips we give there. But Paul also did a podcast episode with Doug mm-hmm. Paul, who talks yeah. about hearing God's voice and some very practical steps for how to do it. But quite honestly, like this is a practice that we are by no means like really excellent in. But I will say we have practiced it for yeah. probably a couple years now. And mm-hmm. so it's not a new thing for us to kind of like be quiet and still before the Lord and no, neither one of us hear like an audible voice. It's more like Mm -hmm. in pictures or like words in our heads. And sometimes we are like, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's God. Mm -hmm. And we kind of put it out there and we always test it with scripture. But like if it's edifying to somebody, Mm -hmm. might as well kind of share it and test it out and say, does this ring true? So I just wanted to say that um, it's definitely like a spiritual muscle that you have to utilize. I think the thing that really stuck with me, first of all, they like, we did it with another couple. So they, they asked for God's original design over each individual in the couple and then kind of pieced it together for the couple as well. Like what would be the original, how would, you know, God use that for the couple? So, um, one of the, the girls in our group said she, she got a dolphin Mm -hmm. for me. And sometimes when you get things and you don't understand, then you go back to the Lord and say, Lord, what does that mean? You Mm -hmm. know, and you just kind of like listen and sometimes you're not sure. But here she kind of, well, one, it was really meaningful to me because um, I really wanted to see dolphins here. And some people in our group went to this beach and I was supposed to go and I was sick and they saw dolphins. Mm -hmm. And then we were at another beach and Paul and the kids saw dolphins while I was feeding Joshua on the beach. So I'm I, you know, I want to see dolphins. And so I felt like, but I felt like what, why I share that is it it was significant and that God was kind of being like, Becca, I see your heart. Like I see your Mm -hmm. desire and that, like, I care about that little thing. And maybe even you want to see dolphins because I put that desire in you because there's something about dolphins that um, speaks to who you are. So anyway, she went on to say like, dolphins are like multifaceted. They're, they're smart. They're friendly, they're fun, they're free, and they're kind of like God's gift to humans um, to connect us to the vast parts of the sea. And often in imagery, like water can kind of be the Holy Spirit. And so I did also some studying up on dolphins too and learned that <laughs> they're quite social. They exist together in pods. But what's what really stuck out to me is that um, they're, they're not just sociable to other dolphins. They care about... Um, other animals that aren't in their species, mm-hmm. including whales. And sometimes even with um, humans, they will um, circle around them if sharks are near. And they will even come at the sharks. And like like sharks are afraid of dolphins, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not exactly – I haven't unpacked all of this yet. Um, but uh, – I've gotten the image of a dolphin since then several times in my head and just kind of like, all right, Lord, what are you Mm -hmm. trying to say to me, you know, through this? So that was something that really stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, another thought on the original design. One, sometimes if you feel like God's trying to share something with you, it might be to affirm or encourage something that you have believed or wanted to believe. Uh, Sometimes it's, it's, it seems like the opposite. It seems like something that has to be wrong. And so we heard a story about someone who, when they were praying for her, uh, they, they, they spoke something that the person was like, oh gosh, no, that absolutely can't be me. But the, the two women that were praying for her pressed in a little more like, no, I, I do think God is saying this. And she began to realize that what was happening is that something, a stronghold had been in place in her life 
for so long that she came to believe that this thing that God had designed her to be and do couldn't actually be true because there are so many lies built up against it. So sometimes in doing this exercise, something may come up that really catches you off guard. And it could be what we talked about earlier, that God designed us in a certain way and the enemy twists and contorts and lies about that from the very beginning so we don't actually live into who God wants us to be. For me, the, the exercise was powerful but very difficult because there are some things that I felt like God's been calling me to that uh, this, this affirmed, and they're hard things. And so when I did the, the prayer, Lord, give me a scripture in one word, a very quickly, Jeremiah thirteen twelve popped in my head. I didn't even know if there was such thing as a Jeremiah thirteen twelve. <laughs> I surely didn't know what it would say if there was one, but there is. And when I read it, it says, uh, you shall speak to them this word. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, every jar shall be filled with wine. And they will say to you, do we not indeed know that every jar will be filled with wine? Seems like a weird verse, but when I read the context of it, basically Jeremiah uh, was called to speak to the people God's purpose for them, God's heart for them. But when he came to them, they came back with arrogance and pride and basically rejected his word with sarcasm. And it goes on to say, instead of the goodness that God had for them, they ended up getting uh, just kind of an awful deal. God later says in verse 17, but if you will not listen, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. And then I got this word popped in my head when I asked God, okay, what's a word? And peace giver popped in my head. But it it seemed very specifically different than peacemaker. I've thought about peacemaker a lot. I've said peacemaker to people a lot, but peace giver seemed different. And as I began to unpack that some more, I realized if you are a peacemaker, then you make peace and it is made. But if you are a peace giver, you can give peace, but you can't guarantee it will be received. So I was sitting with this word, wasn't really sure what to do with it. And then when we got into the group, our, our, our friend Tori Really quickly, this this picture popped in her head of me holding a short sword, and she felt like it was like the sword of the spirit, and that it was something about truth, and it could cut through garbage, and um, there's something important about the word, and she also saw a dove that was somehow connected with the sword, but then she said, and and I and I see the word peace giver, and so that hit me because I was like, all right, and I showed her written on my paper the word peace giver. But there is this idea of, of, of the short sword. You know, if you have a long sword, you can, you can fight the army from kind of a safer distance. But if you've got a short sword, there's a good chance you're going to get cut as well. There's a good chance that if you cut someone, you might get blood on you. Uh, it is risky. It is difficult. It's dangerous. And so in all of this, uh, I felt like what God was beginning to speak is that peace giver, that dove, it seemed to me like God was saying that he was calling me to a place of speaking truth, of speaking purpose and identity, but that it wouldn't necessarily be safe, that it wouldn't necessarily be received, um, that I might be called to speak truth to people that don't want to hear truth, but it doesn't change the fact that God's calling me to that. So it was a hard call because I'm like, oh, great, God's calling me into some hard situations. But it was also encouraging because God was making it very clear that he was speaking. Yeah. Um, so I think the other thing that was really powerful for us this week, well, I think two areas that we've kind of like been praying over a lot since we've been here. Um, one is 
our marriage mm-hmm. and the other is one of our children. I think this, like I said, this can be a really good tool for your for your kids mm-hmm. and um, also just when we think about like strongholds that have developed. So if you think about like a tree, if the branches are the strongholds, then the leaves coming off and like let's say the strongholds are things like shame, bitterness, pride, uh, control, fear, anger, insecurity, passivity, rejection, things like that. And then the leaves coming off the branches are like the the actual things you see. So if your if your stronghold is rejection, then you might um, be seeing someone exhibit defensiveness or withdrawal or distrust. Um, but then if you go even deeper, then you'll see that there are roots um, that might have caused these strongholds. And generally, it's like one of the four options: either sin curses or assignments that sounds like really dark mm-hmm. but it's really just like things that have been spoken over yeah. us sometimes you know it if somebody's mean, like you're really bad at this right exactly um it can also be like a generational pattern um like we know that like things that have like gone through our family um uh and then or it can be an injustice and so um this was like a really good tool particularly this mm. week i think with this child in our family we just heard some just, you know, some, I knew that there were some issues at his school at times, but this was when the teacher decided to bring it my, to my attention and just kind of figuring out like, what should we do? Mm-hmm. And being able to say like, Hey, we have these tools at our fingertips that we can one pray original sign over him and like speak that into him. Mm-hmm. I mean, strongholds can be things we're believing about ourselves too. Yeah. Right. And so like breaking off those strongholds. And so I think that's been one area of power. But the other area of power was we actually, um, after marriage week a couple weeks ago, the leaders who led that week were like, hey, if anybody wants to follow up, meet with us about anything, you can do that. So we decided to take them up on that. And we kind of came into that meeting being like, okay, we have like, we know our marriage isn't like absolutely awful, but like we have a fair amount of issues that we feel like are unresolved. I'm sure like many of you do like, um, you know, just to keep recurring and cycling through. And I mean, we really honestly thought that they were going to be like, Oh, yeah. this seems like kind of too much, uh, like for our scope, you know, maybe go visit one of the marriage counselors that's here on, you know, campus. And actually what came out of it was like, um, you know, just them saying like, it seems like there's like a, a spirit of confusion like around your marriage and that there's like a lot of lies and like that you actually have a really good marriage and the enemy is telling you the opposite. And it's just like, like you guys both have really good intentions, but like you're missing each other and somehow and it's getting interpreted the wrong way. But I think they spoke essentially original design over our marriage that mm-hmm. like, our marriage is actually good and strong. And it was amazing to see what came out of that. Like yeah. instead of us being like, oh, we have these problems that we need to fix before we can move forward is that we were like, oh. No, there's a reality and a truth we yeah. need to accept. Right. And from that, it was like, oh, well, if that's the case, then like maybe God wants to use our marriage mm-hmm. for, you know, to strength. And then we started to see, oh, like could see why maybe some of these lies were spoken. Yeah. Well, and what was so powerful for me is that it wasn't simply like good advice or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I've seen this before. Like it was actually, I didn't know what she was going to say because she had this look on her face and she was like, I had the whole time we've been talking, I've just had this knot inside of me and 
I don't know what is going on. And it was clear that she was recognizing something that she was trying to kind of put words to. And it was because it, it was like, I really, I've heard, I have a friend, Dan, who's talked about this idea of spirit of confusion before where, you know, you have people that are just arguing and there really just doesn't seem to be anything coming out of it. And it seems like they're digging deeper and deeper. And it's a way that the enemy can mess us up is just pit us against each other. And, and, you know, we had both independently worked through some stronghold stuff earlier that day and in our small groups, which I think kind of put us in a, a more open place for yeah. that time. But even coming into that time in a better place, we could recognize that we still held on to certain things, things that we felt needed to be addressed or needed to be changed. Sometimes very real things, but what yeah. the enemy was doing was lying to us about this is the problem. Your spouse is the problem. You're this. When in reality, what God was saying is just accept the truth that I made your marriage. I chose you two to be together mm -hmm. and you have a good marriage. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things when we were learning about strongholds is that it's not like this really dark, frightening thing. That right. word can be a, a hard word to stomach, but really, I mean, just think of the strong of stronghold like you would in any other context, that it is something that is built up mm -hmm. to become a force against you. Yeah. And, but in this context, you know, she gave this picture of imagine a cloud and, and the cloud is God and is raining down, just raining down intimacy and power and love and truth. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to rain all these things down on us. But what happens is we have a filter up above us. That's the stronghold. And it can also be our like flesh and our will as mm -hmm. well. It's a combination of things. So, so we have the, these things that are between us and this downpour of God's goodness and, and just drips are able to make it through. And the idea is that God wants so much for us and we have the opportunity to break these things that are keeping us from trusting and believing and seeing and hearing and receiving from God. And so in our marriage, that's what we were seeing is God wants good things for our marriage. We were so caught up on how this hurt me or that hurt you or this, that, and the other that we couldn't see that God was like, I'm ready to just pour down on you, but you got to let go of some of these lies. Yeah. And if anybody wants like a quick crash course on like just how to like kind of address these strongholds, it's the four R's with a silent F. So mm -hmm. I think first it, it you want to kind of ask the Lord, like, wh what do we like if, if you're just looking at the behavior at the leaves? OK, well, what is the branch that that leaf comes off of? And I sometimes it takes a couple questions to like get there. Um, and then. Uh, okay, if that's the branch, like where did that come from? What is the root? Is it a sin? Is it um, an injustice? Is it, you know, an something someone spoke over me? Is it a generational thing? Sometimes it's a mixture of things. And then you start by forgiving, particularly if it's an injustice. If, mm -hmm. if it's something somebody did against you, forgiving that person. So that's the silent is. F. Forgiving <laughs> isn't giving a pass right. or isn't brushing off. Forgiving is releasing the power that that thing has over you. Right. And yeah. at times releasing that person from having to pay back a debt to you. Right. 
Right. And then then you go into the four R's. Um, but the first is repent, which is really just like taking ownership for your response. So this is particularly um, can be confusing in terms of like if an injustice was committed against you, like what do I have to repent for? They should be repenting. Often there's something we believe about ourselves because mm-hmm. an injustice was committing against us. Or even like if someone spoke something over you, if you believed that and then you changed mm-hmm. your behavior because of that belief, then you need to repent of that. And not as like a... I'm so bad. Why did I do that? But like, you know, it's, it's yeah. his kindness leads us to repentance. Repentance is a gift. Yeah. So to give an example, in past episodes, I've shared about hard things that it happened to me uh, in a work setting about injustices that had happened. And this repent thing could have been hard for me to be like, well, I, I felt like I tried to do my best. I, I felt like there were wrongs against me. But what she shared is it's actually saying, OK, God, I repent for allowing that injustice to make me doubt your love for me. I I repent for allowing that injustice to make me question who you've made me to be. I repent for operating out of fear or out of frustration. So it's repenting for our response to the injustice, not for the injustice itself. And then after that, you receive forgiveness, which is a really important step because I think we repent for things and then we don't actually think we're forgiven. We are. Um, And then you just rebuke the enemy's hold on your life. And then finally, I think this is also really important. You replace it with the truth of how we're defined. And this might be um, a scripture. This, This book we referenced at the beginning has like all these scriptures that you can do for like different strongholds or you might even like change your behavior mm-hmm. um you replace you you kind of that's why this is called a lifestyle of freedom i think some of these things we probably do automatically and we don't realize that's actually what we're doing mm-hmm. but it might be taking something out of our life or putting something in our life but it does require um yeah a replacement i think as an example i'm going to kind of give what um this teacher, she kind of prayed for um, an original design over our family DTS. Um, And this is really cool. The Lord gave her a picture of like every family in our DTS holding a different vessel of light. So like some families were holding flashlights and some were holding candles, but every family had a different vessel of light. And then even within each family, some of the vessels varied. So like they might all be holding flashlights, but the flashlights might be different sizes or different Mm -hmm. types of flashlights. And we realized about midway through the week that we're pretty sure our vessel is a star because at our wedding, a verse from Philippians 2 was spoken about shining like bright stars. You know, she she felt like the Lord was saying that the Lord has called us to fuel their light. And so then when she was asking about strongholds, because she just wanted us to like practice together, she said, what is the core stronghold that is opposing the original design of Family DTS? She said, if Family DTS is called to be bearers of light, then she kind of got the feeling from the Lord that fear might be the stronghold that is keeping us from shining our light. And she kind of heard that there might be two different types of fear, like the fear of man and having like to do with comparison, which leads to passivity, or the fear that God would not show up. And maybe this comes from a root of injustice, 
where the father heart of God has not been represented in um, in its fullness. And then we kind of like, I think we we just like called out truths yeah. maybe. Like each person called out a truth mm-hmm. about. We rejected um, lies. We rejected lies and mm-hmm. then replaced them with truth. That's yeah. what we did. Um, and I think one thing she says is like vocalizing things, mm-hmm. declaring things is like actually really important because yeah. there's power in our words. And just a really cool tool that I've started to use is one thing she does in her household is when somebody says something negative about somebody like our child says likes to use the word stupid right um but that they have to then follow it up with three things that they like about the person mm-hmm. that they just spoke um yeah. you know unkind words over so and so you could be listening to this and be sitting there thinking uh what in the world like what do I do with all this? I, I, I've already forgotten what you said about this. It's a lot. I mean, we try to it condense uh, a week's worth of stuff into just, you know, one podcast, but that week's worth was actually condensed from an entire book. So yeah. let me give you the quick hit. Um, God created you intentionally, specifically, fearfully, wonderfully, beautifully. He gave you an original design and he wants you to know that you can actually ask him, God, who did you create me to be? What is my original design? What do you want me to know about who you want me to be? And also, the enemy doesn't want you to know that. And so he will put things in place to keep you from knowing that. Whether you use the word stronghold or not, things in our life, sin, things that are set against us, things that have been existing in our families, injustices against us, they can put things in place that can keep us from seeing and believing our original design, whether it's rejection or bitterness or fear or anger or pride. But the enemy doesn't have power over us. God created you and God is powerful and we can actually break down these strongholds. And so I want to encourage you to know that, you know, these kind of things are subtle. Uh, she gave this example of, uh, you know, when a, a stronghold develops, it starts as thoughts. And as we allow those thoughts to stay in our mind, it leads to decisions. And those decisions lead to actions. Those actions become values. Those values become our lifestyle. And if, if our thoughts came from a stronghold, then that lifestyle can become bondage. We can feel trapped and not even realize it. But that same formula can work for freedom. If we take thoughts captive for Christ— and believe the truths that God has for us about us, about him, about our lives, those truths will lead to different decisions. Those decisions will lead to different actions, to different values, to a different lifestyle, which is a lifestyle of freedom. This is accessible to all of us, but like Becca said at the start, this isn't a one-hit thing. This is a decision to walk daily choosing the freedom that God has already promised you. And for anyone that just wants the title of that book again, it's called Freedom Class Manual. Citycentralchurch.org slash store is where you can buy it. You might also be able to search it on Google or something and maybe find some free resources related to it possibly. Um, Mm. It's really helpful to have some resources when it comes to just maybe figuring out what the stronghold is, Mm -hmm. what the root might be, that sort of thing, what kind of things to replace it with. It's, it's super helpful. So if this is something you want to dig deeper into, I would highly recommend that. I feel like we should maybe close by like praying for the people who are listening. I was about to say the same thing. Our um, marriage is so good. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, let me pray. Um, God, I pray that the that you would bless those who are listening. God, I just I know 
that there's someone there that has a desire to be free from some things. And even though they might not know all the steps and might not know exactly how to do it, they have you, they have your Holy Spirit, and that's all they need. Um, and so I pray that you would bless them, that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that that they would be set free from whatever it is that um, seems to just be keeping them stuck, that you would give them the power to just replace those things with your word and what you say about them, Lord. I pray that you would give them life-giving words about their original design or the original design of those closest to them. Lord, I pray that you would, yeah, you would just bless their desire to be free of these strongholds in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I think just the last thing I'll say is like, you do not have to do this perfectly. No. Like, um, it is okay if you get things out of order. It's okay if you forget all the steps, but if you go to the Lord and you're like, I want to be free from this, can you please help me? Yeah. Um, like, you know, that's what's yeah. most important. I mean, these are tools. They, they, they're certainly helpful, especially for someone like me who's very linear and yeah. likes to have a structure, but like, Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the work. Yeah, the goal of all this isn't to be fixed or to be perfect or to look right. great. It's right. to make singular steps in the direction of God. Yeah. And to trust that He will be there um, to meet you. You Lifestyle Freedom Week came after a weekend where we had actually taken a large Ohana trip to a few places on the island, including the volcano that actually erupted in 2018. If you had been watching the news, you saw sights of lava flowing through neighborhoods, down streets, spewing out from the earth. And this large volcano has been active in many ways for a long time. There's an inn that's been there for over a hundred years. And when we went there, there was no more active lava, but there were steam vents that were still spewing out steam that you could actually put your face in and your glasses would fog up if you're like me and wear those. Some of us were sad that we didn't get to see active lava because that would be really cool and really unique. But during the week, one of the leaders, Chantel, stood up and she was sharing that she has been there long enough that she has seen active lava. But there's something that she's been seeing during this session that she hasn't seen in a long time, and that is clear blue skies. You see, when the volcano was really active, when that lava was flowing, one of the unfortunate side effects was that there was this volcanic fog that filled the air not just by the volcano, but all the way on the other side of the island. That's an hour and a half drive. So Chantel, the leaders... The students on campus, most days when they would look out, the fog was so thick that they couldn't even see the ocean. And so she was trying to encourage us that even though we didn't see the lava, we have had clear blue skies every day that we've been here. We can see the deep blue ocean. I mean, this was something that for years students haven't been able to experience. One of the difficult things about strongholds is that we often don't realize the far-reaching effects of those strongholds. A singular event, a volcano on the other side of the island, affected the entire island, affected the view of being able to see a beautiful ocean and a beautiful volcano. And so in the same way, there are things in our lives that have happened, sometimes singular events that we don't even think about, that have far-reaching effects on our lives, that put this cloud over our soul, that keep us from seeing the beauty and power of God. 
And so in this episode, we sat with this idea of strongholds. We looked into ways that we can press into them and release ourselves from that bondage. Sometimes it can be an easy thing. Sometimes it can be a difficult thing that we need to step into over and over and over. But I want you to hear this one thing. God has beauty and power waiting for you on the other side of that fog. It is there right now. He wants you to see how much he loves you and how much he has been at work. Because the whole time those students couldn't see those waves, they were still rolling just down the road. In the same way, God is at work in your life, but there may be strongholds that are creating a thick fog and keeping you from seeing who God really is, who you really are, and what life is meant to be for you. And so I would encourage you, if something moved a little in you during this episode, if something shook loose, or even if nothing did, I would encourage you to take some time to practice some of the prayer things that we talked about. Ask God who he has created to be. What is your original design? Ask others to ask God on your behalf who he has created you to be. And when things start to come to your mind of something that might be a stronghold, that might be a root, pray into that. Hit the four R's in the silent F. Forgive, repent, receive, rebuke, and replace. And if those sound like weird Christianese words, then just do this. Just spend some time with God and say, God, I'm starting to feel like there's something going on that's not from you, and I want what's from you. So let's do business. Let's get this done. Because the, the truth is, is God loves you and he wants you to thrive in who he's created you to be. So get in there. Spend some time praying no matter how awkward it feels or no matter how few words you have. Believing that God hears those prayers, that the Holy Spirit can pray on your behalf, and that God is going to move. And as you do that, ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?